So what's obstructive sleep apnea? It's intermittent repetitive obstruction or collapse of the upper airway. It's a mechanical process in most cases, although there's other reasons for it too other than mechanical, associated with a drop of blood pressure because you're not breathing. You're completely choking. You're not breathing oxygen in drops. And I tell you, some of these apneas can last two, two and a half minutes. And uh, very long, you sit there, when is this guy gonna breathe, you know? Should I go in and shake him? And that's what happens. The bed partner ends up shaking them away because it's bothering them, you know, this, this guy is not, usually it's the man, this guy is not, not breathing. And so, um, because they're trying to breathe against a closed throat, that activity makes them sweat. They sweat, they wet the, 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 usually the pillow, and, and then it wakes them up. And luckily, that's what saves them um, because that by awakening up, they snore and choke and gasp and carry on, do that four or five times, uh, breaths, and then they fall back asleep. They do it again, repeat the whole thing again. Heart rate also goes down as you have the, have the apnea, and um, and it's it's like stepping on the brakes and the gas at the same time on a car because the heart rate goes down but the blood pressure starts going up. And when you start breathing again, you no longer are stepping on the brakes, not just the gas, and then the heart rate really shoots up and blood pressure really goes up. And that's a tremendous amount of stress in the cardiovascular system. And I actually have uh, a graph here from one of our patients. This is about 10 years ago um, here at UCSD. This person has severe obstructive sleep apnea. We're just going to focus on this. By the way, this patient is in REM sleep. REM sleep gets worse when you're in, and uh, apnea gets worse when you're in REM because you're paralyzed. You're totally uh, choked out. And uh, there are two channels for airflow, two channels for um, effort, respiratory effort. And this channel is for, for saturation, how much oxygen you have in your, in your blood. Notice there's lack of air movement at all, here almost a minute in this case. Notice how the effort is crescendo, and the patient is also paradoxing, meaning that the chest is going in, the belly is going out because there's no air movement and the, the, the belly has to move somehow. The belly is stronger than the chest when we breathe. And uh, notice the desaturation from 95, 94% down to 66%. Tremendous amount of stress in the cardiovascular system. So this patient has severe obstructive sleep apnea, especially in this case during REM sleep. And um, you can't see the heart rate here, but it speeds up here and then it slows down again. Uh, there are other cases that that is more prominent than in this one. So how Many of us have obstructive sleep apnea. I just uh, highlighted two here in this graph of the prevalence of specific populations. Older veterans, uh, I, I, I am the uh, chief of sleep medicine at the VA hospital. If I walk in the wards or in the hallways, anybody I see, 80% of the time I'm gonna be correct saying this has sleep apnea, has sleep apnea, has sleep apnea. Because they're older, they're overweight, blood pressure, hypertension, diabetes, um, a number of other risk factors. And so 80% will have significant obstructive sleep apnea that needs to be treated, addressed. And the elderly, 50 to 70%, just in this, the fact that we're getting older, we tend to get obstructive sleep apnea. As we get older, things get bigger. You know, the ears get bigger, the nose get bigger, things start sagging, okay? The uvula, the soft palate is floppy in there, so very easy to choke. The tongue gets bigger. And if you're overweight, it's even worse. And so the elderly, we tend to also get obstructive sleep apnea. And as you can see, the risk factor is also for women and for men. And I didn't put the, the, um, 
uh, reference here, but it just goes to show that aging has a lot to do with the prevalence of obstructive sleep apnea. It tends to level off around the age of 65, 70, and that is probably just a survival effect because people have died off, and now it's just uh, the strongest survive, and they, they don't change. So who gets obstructive sleep apnea? It is really a public health problem because in epidemic proportion, you saw 80, 70% of us, when we get older, we get it. Young people have it. I believe that there's two types of sleep apnea, one that I call malignant sleep apnea. It hasn't picked up in the literature yet. Those who are 30 to 60, uh, strongly associated with being obese, and that has very prominent or very uh, important cardiovascular complications. They will get a heart attack or a stroke sometime, the younger. And then you have the sleep apnea that happens just because we get older. You know, the, the, the floppiness that I described, that's exactly. And, and so that one is not as bad, but when somebody is sleepy, we do treat them. But you know, people who are like this, this gentleman actually gave us permission to use his picture. And uh, it's got short, thick neck, um, trunkal obesity, skinny arms, skinny legs, uh, maybe hypertensive diabetes. And uh, but, but what about her? Do you think she would get sleep apnea? Okay, most of us say, nah, she's young, uh, she's thin, and, um, but I tell you, up to 25 to 30% of patients who have sleep apnea are thin. I have people, patients who look like her. And it is a social problem. They can't keep a boyfriend or, or <laughs> in the family. Uh, they go on trips with their girlfriends and they have to rent a room by themselves. Because, yeah, because they snore too much and they say, you go out there. And uh, so uh, it can become a social problem, uh, including this, the consequences. You can dress them up, comb their hair, bathe them, but you can't take them out anywhere because they fall asleep. <laughs>